Welcome to Signs of Life, exploring survival of consciousness. Brought to you by Forever Family Foundation on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed. So I call your Welcome to Science of Life Radio. I'm Kimberly Saavedra, Director of the Comlock Center, and I, along with Dr. Betty J. Kobach, author of The Miracle of Death, There is Nothing But Life, and Merchants of Light, The Consciousness That is Changing the World, as well as Janet Mayer, a Forever Family Certified Medium and author of Spirits. They are present, are your co-hosts for tonight's show. This evening, we are focusing on your stories because everyone has a story to share, And many of us have personal experiences that defy mainstream thinking. So we would like you to join us. We would like you to pick up the phone and share your experiences. We will be talking about the types of experiences that people have, what they mean, and how we can integrate them into our daily lives. And although mediums provide a valuable connection to the deceased, this particular show centers around your direct experiences that don't involve a medium. So if you please get out your pen and paper, I'd like to give you the call-in numbers for tonight to share a story, ask a question, offer comments on something you've heard. The first is 888-627-6008, and the second is 323-744-4831. So welcome, Betty and Janet. Thank you. Hi, Janet. Hi, Betty. How are you two? We're good. Fine, thank you. Do you have something to start us off with that you'd like to talk about? Well, basically, I was just thinking that um, I was thinking today about a couple stories. And and if anyone calls in, we'll go right to your stories, you know, because we're always looking to hear what, you know, experiences people have around us. But I was thinking how um, when we have, you know, someone come to us in, in whatever way they come to us and whether it's through a dream or a vision or we feel, you know, we've been touched or we hear a voice, it's, you know, it's such a personal experience. And I, I think back to like in my 20s when my grandmother came to me and was giving me a warning about someone. And it was so clear. And I think what I wanted, I was amazed by was that I hadn't seen her for, you know, 15 years before that. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is it was something I wanted to bring up today is a lot of times people think, oh, well, I lost a loved one many years ago. And and they probably couldn't come to me anymore. And I thought, that's not true. They can. And I've had, a, you know, a perfect experience with that. And it, it's a, I think that it was shown to me in a way, not only because, you know, my grandmother at the time was giving me a warning and a heads up because something was going to happen to someone we knew. And it was actually um, a story in my book. It happened to someone my brother knew. And it was something that we had to kind of... Um, be aware of, I guess, in the sense that it wasn't going to go how we thought it was going to go, that something was happening to someone, a a friend of my brother's. And I know I'm kind of chopping this up and I don't mean to be, but I was trying, what I wanted to say about the whole thing is that, you know, we all have these experiences from loved ones. And if you think that it could just happen because they just passed and it's not going to happen like a year later or two years later, it can happen and it can happen many years. And, you know, you can have a loved one come through. It can be a friend or a grandmother or someone coming through. And when they come through, it doesn't have to be in one specific way. You know, thoughts just aren't words. You know, like when you think, oh, they're going to come through and and tell me a a certain thing, they could show it to you or you could sense it or you could feel it. And I think that it's really important for, you know, the listeners to understand out there that, you know, this was a surprise when it happened to me. You know, I wasn't I was sitting there meditating when I opened my eyes and my grandmother was there, you know, standing in, you know, a doorway. And I just was shocked to think, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this grandmother in so many years. I can't believe I'm seeing her now. And I think that it was so beautiful and so amazing. And then even though I started to feel the sense of dread that I knew 
she was going to be telling me something I didn't want to know, but I had to help, you know, my brother through this as well. It was something that was really important. And I think it was something to remind everyone else out there is, you know, you don't give up no matter, you know, how long it's been for anyone that, you know, you have lost. If someone wants to come through with some kind of message or, you know, give you a heads up about something, you know, pay attention. Don't brush it aside and think, oh, that couldn't happen. That's just my imagination. Yeah, that's really important. That's really important, Janet, because I've so many people have said to me that, well, that was a long time ago. And I, I hear that if they're going to come through, they'll come through usually right after death. So that's very good piece of information that time is not what they're caught up in. <laughs> right. Well, they don't, there's really, you know, we've always heard, you know, we live in a time because we have to have a time, but on the, you know, in the other, on the other side, you know, when we, you know, transform into, you know, out of the body and just go back into our, you know, our soul and our light, there isn't a time frame. There's nothing that says, Oh, you know, it's five o'clock. It's, it's yeah, just, okay. that's what it is. So there really isn't a time over there. So it can happen anytime for us here. And I'm, I'm really uh, amazed, always have been with you and others who actually see them. Uh, describe how you see them. Are they, uh, is it faint or just as though they're uh, here <laughs> looking at you? How, how do you perceive them? What is the image like? Well, it, actually, they come through. I've seen, uh, you know, a number of different spirits and they do come through differently. I mean, with my grandmother, you know, I could see the whole outline of her, I could see what she was wearing. She had on like a printed dress with these little flowers on it. And it, you know, and it was so amazing because that is something she would wear that it wasn't like it was something I would think of. It's she wore those type of dresses and her hair was, you could see, you know, kind of her wavy hair and I could make out some of her features, but they weren't clear. Like if I was looking, you know, right at you, it's, it had very much of a, you know, kind of a hazy look and a softer look, but You know, I've also seen people where I could see through them and I could see, you know, a print on like my, you know, the pajamas or or I could see something through them like on the wall. So you just don't know. And, you know, and I've already seen a woman under my bed who I could see her complete figure. I saw I couldn't see through her so they can come through in all different ways. And and don't get me wrong. I jump when it happens. I mean, there's times that I'll be like, oh, you're like, okay, okay, I see you. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. And then I settle down and then I just, you know, I kind of tune in to see what they have to tell me and I go from there. And so they really can come through in all different ways. You know, I've already heard of people who, you know, have said, oh, I saw somebody's hand grab my hand. And, you know, and you're thinking, oh, wow, that's really freaky. But it's not when you feel the love and the energy that is connected to that. It's a whole different feel. You know, it's not the same. Yes, I think that the feeling of it, in my case, I don't see an image, but I feel that I just know they're there and I know where in the room they are, but I don't see them. It's really a feeling of the energy. And I know I have no question who it is and where they are, but I don't see an image. Well, yeah. And, and and you also, you have, I know a lot of dreams and your dreams are very, you're very in tune with those because it's like a dream, but maybe not even a dream. It's more of a vision or a connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because in one of the most powerful visions I had of that disc of light that was from a completely other dimension, well, I shouldn't say anything is completely other, but it was from an, a dimension where the frequency was very, very high. And the consciousness was, well, I thought of it as cosmic consciousness, the disc. And the woman, there was a female who spiraled out of the bottom of it into my crown chakra and into me and spoke through me. But the interesting thing is, she kept saying, we are here. She didn't say, can you see us? She said, can you feel us? Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, something that in the West, we have not uh, developed uh, the ability to feel uh, energies from the other side, or even we've cut off the heart from the rest of the brain components as a feeling, a loving energy that if we would connect to it, we can open much more easily to those other dimensions. So I thought, I was just thinking the other day, she was really trying to tell me, you know, this dimension certainly is 
I saw it. In that case, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I have to take back what I said. Yeah, in that case, I did see it very, very clearly in my mind's eye. But uh, that she was trying to help help me to see that what our world needs is feeling to feel it as right. as well as see it. I mean, I want to see. I, I always thought that that was a great gift that you have. And uh, most of the time I do not see. <laughs> this is one <laughs> exception to it. But, but that's a perfect example, Betty, because we all do see in our own way. And we also have those emotions that we don't realize. And that it's like if we would remind everyone to honor those emotions and pay attention to those emotions yeah. and and like kind of, you know, like you said, you knew that, you know, she was right there. You knew. But it's like you couldn't see her. But in a way, you did see her only you saw her differently, you know, through a thought or through, you know. A different form of, of seeing. Yeah, as well, there are just so many things that happen that we dismiss in our culture. And I think that we all have these, I know we all have these abilities. Our culture just has suppressed them and taught us that they don't exist, that that's just voodoo and uh, that hallucinations and so on. And we've talked about this before. Uh, there's a dream. I know I have talked about this one before on this show, but it just puts it in uh, uh, a pretty clear image. Uh, I I would dream that uh, I was somewhere out in the country and I had a big sieve and on it were little small pebbles and I was sort of shaking them on the sieve. Suddenly a disconnected hand came out in front of the sieve, raked those pebbles off and I heard a voice say, these do not belong in the city. And in the next uh, scene, I am in the country, but uh, there is a group of people, and we are all uh, amazed at these a circle of exquisite standing stones, huge standing stones, sacred stones. We feel the energy of the sacredness of the stones, and we are all involved in a ritual of circling around the stones in deep meditation. So I knew that here are these pebbles, which this disembodied person, just the hand, raked off. I saw very clearly that's, that is our civilization and to some degree, it was me. Obviously, it was my dream that that hand raked off those pebbles. And of course, there they were, just pebbles. In the next scene, it seems that an artist has constructed these sacred stones. And they are huge. And they are sacred. And we see them. They're not, we don't see them from the rational perspective as little teeny insignificant stones. But here are these stones that have energy that connect to the earth and to the cosmos. And uh, the artist in us, the visionary in us, sees them for what they are. And that's, I thought, well, that was an image for me to take seriously at that time. And it's, an, it's a dream for our culture, is that we cannot dismiss these things as insignificant. Right, right. And, and you know, it kind of when you're saying that, it's also kind of resonating with me about you know, we have more power than we believe. We have more abilities than we believe. And, you know, we were never raised, you know, or most people, I shouldn't say at least here, you know, weren't raised with the abilities that we can see, you know, spirits or we can feel the energy of loved ones or we know when they come through. And that's why I think too, there is so much grieving because we, you know, there's that disconnect. And if we kind of try to change the narrative and remind people that, you know, our loved ones are around us and that they are here. And whether it's, you know, a person, whether it's an animal, whatever it may be, they are still around us and we can connect with them on our own level. You know, you have your level, you know, how you're seeing it. I, I see it how I see it. And, you know, all the you know listeners, they'll see it how they see it. And, you know, when we were talking about, you know, if you have an amazing story to share, well, really every, every story of a loved one that you connect with on any way is a beautiful story is, is unique, you know, and, and powerful. And I think that that's kind of what we're here too to do is to remind people that, you know, pay attention. Your loved ones are sending you signs or they are giving you, you know, a heads up or they do want to let you know they're okay. And, and it's really that simple, even though it seems like it's amazingly difficult, it's really not. If we just settle down 
You know, we kind of bring ourselves into a focus, whether, you know, I say you meditate, whether you dream, whether you pray, whatever you may do is if you come in and you, you know, have that connection and you open up, then it can come through and it, and you just kind of allow whatever you need to see or whatever you need to experience. And, and I think then you can have that connection with your loved one. And I, I just always like to talk to people about that for the simple fact that, like you said, we all have that ability. We can all do that. We just have to learn to, first of all, believe in it, you know, and know that we have that. And then second of all, to give it a go and say, okay, you know, I'm here. I know that you're on the other side. I know you're around me. You know, you're right. It's like within reaching distance, you know, give me something and let me know that it's okay. Let me know you're here. And, and, and it's, you know, maybe somebody will get something right away and you'll get somebody else. that's like, well, it's been 10 years and I haven't gotten a sign. And, and my first thought that I want to say, stop, whoa, whoa, whoa. I bet you got a bunch of signs. You're just not paying attention because you're looking for one specific thing and it may not be that one specific thing. Yeah, it like, might be something else. Yes. Yeah, like so many people will say that, show me this or show me that. But I think it also that what is important is that uh, whether or not we have yet experienced that other side or aware of it is that we need to be aware of the children and allow them to use their imagination uh, and create stories and hear stories that you tell them and allow them to think about the other side. Because most of us weren't brought up knowing that we have these abilities, if we could just open up to them and let them develop. So I think it's a very important thing for all of the generations alive today to um, to be with children in a way that that we allow their imagination and their intuition to develop that uh, so that they know that there are other dimensions and allow them to feel it. Because I think in the early years, uh, they are much more connected. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's how, you know, you hear all these stories about, you know, little kids saying, I mean, they have to my own son about, you know, oh, my parents, you know, my other parents in this state, you know, they never used to read to me. And I would be like, what? <laughs> you know, and, and you're kind of, I mean, it's really fascinating because, you know, the children still have that connection. That's, you know, you read all these wonderful, you know, stories of reincarnation and, and how, you know, they knew they had a life. And so if, yeah, if we could raise them, raise all these children to have a, a course or something where they could take and, you know, learn about, you know, being connected, learning about meditation. I know they do that in the East, you know, they have meditation classes and wouldn't that be wonderful. And even, even here, I think um, there were some, my sister's school, they might've done something like that where either some kind of yoga poses or some type of meditation. And, and I think that's really important for children to learn early so that as they, you know, get older, they, they do have a different outlook, you know, or change, if they could change the narrative from when they were little to now, it would really, I think, make so much more. Makes such a difference. I remember when my son was really small and my father had died, so he never saw his grandfather. It died before he was born. And uh, so he was saying to me, and I was, I still had not, I hadn't had the visions so that I knew I was searching, but I really couldn't say at that point that I knew that there's another side. And so Apishti, my son, asked me, well, whatever happened to my grandpa? And I said, well, some people think this and other people believe that. And and I gave several different possibilities. And he looked at me and he said, well, mommy, I know what happened to him. He's in another place. <laughs> I mean, it just seems sensible to him. Yeah, so that's simple. Much wiser than all of this rational logic of what this could be, this could be that. No, well, I know where he is. That's great. <laughs> Same with his little guinea pigs. He had two guinea pigs, and uh, I was cleaning their cage, and I put them outside, and it was it was spring. It was early. It wasn't hot. But for some reason or other, I looked out there, and they both had died. Just a little bit of the heat. I was so horrified. And his father, and he came home, and he saw that, and uh, my husband, and he uh, buried them. And he sat out there by the grave all day. And finally, I said to Pishti, why don't you you come in? Because sitting there won't bring them back. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, but mommy, nature has some surprises. (laughs) 
I thought Aww. his imagination was better than mine. Oh, <laughs> well, and you know what else? If he was sitting there with them, he was maybe helping their little souls, you know, cross over. Yes, and I think there I was. Well, I did let him stay there quite a long time before he said anything, but uh, I was glad that his intuition <laughs> and his imagination was stronger than mine and helped me eventually to grow up too. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, you know, that like, you know, kids, they have that perspective. They just, they say what they see and what they feel. And I'm thinking if they would have all this extra, you know, material to pull from, what would that do for them early on to open them up, to make them more connected, to, you know, be, be even more connected as they grow older, where, you know, it isn't where you're asking, oh, can this happen? It's they already know it all happens, you know, they, and they do. And I think that's what we're missing. There's so many souls are so desperate and there's such violence and killing and and emptiness and anger. And we wouldn't have that if we were connected to our own heart and to the other side. And I think, yeah, that's what uh, it, it's a, we have to look out at that culture and know that this is a culture that has not gone inward and has not found that potential within the cell or that, that beingness that you can contact within you. And, and it's, it's destroying us. Because we are made in a way to connect within and then connect with the other dimension. And when we can't do that, I think that we're very empty and frazzled and, and we can be addicted. We can be uh, 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 all kinds of things, violent, and we can be kind of extremist in so many different ways. It's like trying to find that purpose outside and destroy whatever's in the way of it. Um, right, right. Well, I also, I'm going to change subjects here because there's something else I was going to bring up because I thought this was something I came across on um, social media. And I thought this was something that would be a really good topic to bring up tonight. And that has to do with um, someone saying, oh, I hate when somebody tells me, oh, they're in a better place. Are they on the other side? And they're like, I want them here. And as I read that, I totally understood where they were coming from in that sense. But in the same thing, I also wanted to mention that they are in a really good place. They're, they went back home. You know, they're back to where, you know, where they started in a way. Maybe not where they started, but they're back to, you know, their spirit. And I thought that it was a really important angle to remind listeners that, you know, like, I know like when somebody passes and, you know, they're everybody wants to, you know, say something nice to a love, you know, a friend that lost someone or a family member. And they're like, well, and they're in a better place and they're this and they're that. And, and you get really angry and you're like, well, I don't care. I want them here. I want them here. And, and I get that. And I totally feel that I, I get that. But I also feel like, you know, maybe also remind yourself too, that they are in a good place and you don't, you can still, you know, be very upset and be, you know, very, you know, sad by everything that's happened. But when they're in another place like that, they, they've gone back kind of to where they, you know, where they came from. They're back with spirit. They're, 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 you know, I always feel like a piece of us stays on the other side. So now they're back whole again and they're kind of, you know, re, re um, energizing and getting back to who they are from the experience that they had in this life. And I'm always, grateful that if I got to spend time with someone here and yes, they're on the other side now, I'm very grateful that I got to have that experience with them. And yeah, I'm very, I get upset and angry too, that, you know, they should be here. They were a good person. You know, why are they gone? You know, and I would get mad too. And, you know, and it took me a long time that when, you know, I've lost some people that I've been very upset when they've been gone and, and I get angry that how could they take them? You know, that's not fair. And, you know, and you go through all those emotions. And then I come also to a place where I'm like, but they're no longer in pain. They're in a good place. They don't have to experience. They've had their experience here, you know. And so I think that I try to always look at all the sides of it. And I try to come to a, a different understanding. And I think that helps me. And I don't know if that will help other people who have gone through that and who have had these experiences that get 
you know, they're very sad and they're very angry and they don't understand it and all those emotions and they all come through. But I also think that I also feel thankful that I know that they are in a really good place too now, you know? Yes. Yes. I think that's very important. Uh, And I think once we experience the other side, we know that. And yes, we suffer because they're not with us in the, in the physical form. And we love the games we played together in time and space. But uh, every indication we have from the other side is that when someone dies, no matter what that person has done while alive in the in time and space, that there are people there to love and to support and to help, even in the darkest, darkest places where people have committed terrible, what we would call crimes, and they are so lost, there are still people there who love mm-hmm. and care and help them in their growth and development. And I have certainly come to the place that uh, I know that. And if someone is is uh, physically ill and in pain, I see it as a great gift and a great blessing for them to pass into the other dimension because they're no longer with the body. Mm-hmm. I right. hope that we will one day be good enough creators that we can create a world in which that kind of physical suffering doesn't have to take place as uh, or children or as we age. And I think we can do a much better job than we're doing. But certainly, uh, I know that every indication, every indication from the other side is that there is love even for the most troubled people. And for those who commit suicide, there is love and care and and uh, a place to grow and be loved and, and evolve. Right. And, you know, you have to honor all those emotions. And I always feel like when you're doing that, when you honor those emotions, honor them and do something in their name, whatever little thing it may be, you know, it doesn't have to even be, you know, anything anybody else would know, but it's something, you know, and it's like, well, how can I honor them by me knowing them? You know, what can I do that will, you know, honor them in some way and, you know, move forward with it. And I don't, you know, that I, I feel like that also helps, you know, maybe it just helps some people, maybe it doesn't help other people, but I think for me, it's, you know, it's, it's out of love and you're thinking, okay, you know, I loved them so much. What can I do that also honors them that they're like, if they're still here in some way. And I think that that's important. Yes. And so many parents, I've been uh, so amazed with so many parents who after the death of a child, sometimes they're involved in political situations of standing up for what they believe is right and are killed or whatever, uh, kind of life they were involved in, that the parents then, and I see it as a beautiful healing process, they then are working for that too in their children's name. And you can see that it's very healing for them. Right, right. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I mean, it's, you know, I just, that was just something that when I saw that, I I was like, I I thought it was something important to bring up, because I think that, you know, when we pay attention to our thoughts, you know, why are we having those thoughts about that? And, and yes, we're going through grief or, you know, whoever is going through grief and, and there's so many different angles and levels and, and, you know, you just have to honor all those feelings and you have to accept them and move forward with them and have it, you know, instead of being, you know, something that pulls you down, let it be a light for you to move forward too. And, and, you know, people are like, well, I don't want that. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, then just, take a break and rest and relax and sit back and, you know, do what's best for you. But I also feel that it's also, these are also lessons, part of our life, you know, our life lessons is when we lose someone and we're grieving and we go through something and, you know, we have so much love for these people and, you know, they are all lessons. Every, you know, everybody and everything we do is, is love and lessons and we carry them with us and move forward. And I think that's really important. Yes, that we, You know, keep going with that. Yes, it's important for us to know that what we're doing here affects the other side. Uh, My husband, Ishvan, had a very powerful vision in which he saw a bridge. And he saw that we have to work together, that uh, if we don't do something on this side, then on the other side, they can't move. So we have to kind of move together, grow together, work together, so that we can move together and not break the bridge. (laughs) <laughs> and we right. don't be aware very often that we are working with the other side. But I wanted to just uh, tell one uh, 
experience that my son had, which kind of ties into the other, what we're doing here for the other world. Mm-hmm. He, um, he said that uh, he had a vision which he uh, observed black holes. He was like out in space and he was observing black holes, star systems, he said. And he, what he called the movement of them were like space groups and parallel worlds. And then he realized, well, there are parallel worlds. And he was observing that. And he said, and then I realized I was in a parallel world that was like this world. And he started laughing and he said, in fact, my bathroom still had the same leaky toilet that my dad hadn't fixed yet. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, uh, the feeling was completely different in that world. He said it was, uh, everything seemed deeper and more lush. I knew that there were no limits to creativity. I realized that that was a world where we knew that there's no limit to creativity. And it was a world in balance. And he said, then after a while, we were in the kitchen, I was going to make us a cappuccino. And then I remember him opening the refrigerator door, and he turned around to me and said, you know what, mom, I think that we are working here in this world to create that world there. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. So if we if we really what was it Jesus said and and I think in the regular uh, canon that uh, we uh, build uh, up for ourselves treasures in in His Father's mansion, I think that the creativity we do here is also being created on the other side, uh, and certainly the Sufis say that that whatever we create here is there on the other side. And we can develop the vision to see it and to communicate with those who are on that side. We're working with them. So we, our process of creating is not just in this world. We are creating in that other dimension. And we can develop the ability to see, as uh, one Sufi said very well, that uh, the, the order of reality is so clear absolutely clear that there's no question in one's mind. So I like very much, uh, and I sometimes think of Pichy's experiences that, yes, we need to think, I need to think, whatever I am doing is that I am co-creating with another side. Do I want what I'm creating on the other side (laughs) that I'm doing right now? So anyway, I think it's a, it it was an important experience for him and for, for us. Oh, no, it sounds like it. That's a, I mean, in, and how focused and clear was he on that? You know, I mean, that's really cool. When you think about it, it just makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of like, well, all right, we all need to make some changes here. <laughs> yes. He even drew it and drew the space groups and the black holes and that kind of thing so that wow. I could understand it better. Uh, and he said, you know, sometimes when the space group, sometimes it's we're in synchronicity with those space groups and we see them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're so shocked and see them. Um, well, and I think that's really important with, you know, with the visualization of that and seeing that is, you know, a lot of times is the meditation or, you know, people are always like, Oh, I don't know how to meditate. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, you know what? I think if people just start by sitting and relaxing and they can put on music or they could do a visualization or, you know, on some app, they have them all over the place now but you could just learn to relax and meditate. And what I would suggest too is, you know, maybe people need to focus on a loved one, you know, instead of just saying, well, I can't meditate, say, okay, well, let's start like this. Let's focus on a loved one, you know, pick one person and then sit and relax. And instead of thinking about them, just start sending them, you know, your light or your love and, and put that energy out to them and, and ask for it to be brought back and wrap around you and start connecting in that way and making that connection, you know, with a loved one. And maybe that would help open people up. And even if you just do it a couple minutes, you know, for a couple days, and then you expand on it and, you know, you can follow, you know, a lot of times you can, you know, follow a whole, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the name, the whole program of, of, of a meditation and just kind of go from there and, and see what works best for you. And I think that, you know, I think PC had a lot of that in him where he was very in tune. And I think that, well, you, and I think you are, Betty, I think you have where you're very in tune. And whether you get it when you are sitting, relaxing, whether it comes through in a dream and, you know, same with me. If I'm meditating during the day, sometimes I'm just open to, okay, what do I need to know today? I can start a lot of times I would start my meditations in the morning 
okay, what do I need to know today? And sometimes I really don't get anything major that comes through. Other times all kinds of stuff floods through and I just write it down. And I think that if people would get in the habit of doing something like that and, and slowly changing their habits or mindset and, and allowing little bits and pieces of that to come in, then you never know when a loved one's going to just pop in and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I think my mom just came through, you know, and, and it's just such a beautiful experience then. And people would become more and more open to that, you know, and we do hear about that a lot where that will happen more and more. And I love that. I, there's so many classes. I know many people, many of the mediums at Forever Family, they have classes on, on meditation and becoming more in tune and, you know, psychic or, you know, working towards mediumship. And, and I think it's wonderful. I mean, I personally don't do those classes, but I love that all of all of them that do that because they come from a lot of different angles and you could take a class from each one of them and you'd learn something new from everybody. And it's, it's all coming from a different angle of their perspective, which might help, you know, almost everybody, but there may be somebody else that's like, Oh, I don't know. And then they go to another class and then they get something and, and you start putting these pieces together. And all of a sudden, you know, you are meditating and like, I meditate in my own way. Like if, if you would say, Oh, is that this certain, you know, this certain type, I'd be like, no, I kind of just came up with it on my own. It's what I personally do. And it works for me. And so yeah, if I everybody, think, you know, people would do that, it would be great. I think it's really important not to make too uh, big a fuss about it, you know, because we often think we see people in the East, you know, uh, meditating and and it has to for years or whatever. And it looks so complex and, oh, we could never do that. I think what you've said is perfect. Do you just sit still and let yourself breathe uh, normally and allow what happens to happen and not think you have to have a technique. Although I agree with you that, you know, if you want to go to go to these classes and get techniques or whatever, but for those of you who are not inclined to do that, just take it easy and let it happen. Right. Right. Well, and pay attention to what's going on around you. I mean, how many times are people looking at their phones and, you know, something's happening right next to them and they don't even see it. It's like, okay, well, maybe if you slow down, put the phone down, you'd meditate and you just feel what's going on around you. You can start picking up more of the things that are happening. And then you start getting these little subtle signs that you didn't realize before. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, okay, there's something going on here. Yeah, it's, you know, it is quite an age. And, and at my age, it came, I, I have do not have that relationship with my phone whatsoever. And so I think that's also something that uh, people have to overcome a bit. I'm, I'm always, I was sitting in a place the other day and I looked around me, I'm just sitting there sort of thinking away or not doing anything. And every single person in the room was working their phone. So that is something you know, we have to kind of put that aside and just let it happen. But right. do you want to say something, Kim? I wanted to go back to what Janet had said a bit ago about different ways to honor them and just making time and showing up like you were talking about is one way to honor them. Another way to honor them is like Betty was talking about is to just really acknowledge the connection between you that can't be broken and also to honor them by taking care of yourself because they are present and they know when you are and when you aren't Mm -hmm. and and we can give them that gift if we can be okay as we're trying yeah, to find really the true. new balance in, in life. And Yeah, they'd and, be terrible to die and then see that the people who are grieving you aren't taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. No, but that's true, Kim. That's beautiful. I mean, it really, it makes a lot of sense is you do have to take care of you. Think about them, you know, checking up on you and you're falling apart and they're like, oh my gosh, if I could just do something. And it's like, well, if you take care of yourself, that also helps them. So that is very true. Yeah. Right. It helps them to show up for you in a way that you might perceive it. Right, right. There are callers here. Callers, we are waiting for you. <laughs> we have about 15 minutes left of this evening's Signs of Life radio show. Please call 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831 if you want to share an experience, a question, a comment. Anything that you'd like to share that's that's on point with what we're talking about tonight, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, oh, sure, yeah. If they want to join the conversation, they can yes. call. I wanted to just add something while we're waiting for someone to call, because it was such a, a big deal when my husband experienced it. He's, after our son died, he started having pretty quickly visions of his own death. 
And he just did not want to die. He said, I'm no longer afraid to die. Uh, I was before, but I am not now. But I just don't want to do it right now. I want to live longer as Ishtvan. I'm not ready to do it. And so he had an experience in which uh, it looked like he was going to die. And he was scared to death in this vision. And he said, uh, Pishi was there and handed him a sword. And he thought, what's he handing me that for? And uh, then pretty quickly, he got the point that you're going to fight this. Is this the way you want to enter into this experience? And so Pishti then just put his uh, uh, finger on his spine. And he said, just that touch and that love just was flowing through him. He said he no longer was afraid. And it was just so beautiful because he said uh, he heard Pishti's voice say, Dad, uh, flow with the force relax and just let yourself flow with it. And he said that he, he said, I started laughing when I realized that I, I didn't know how to do that at first. I was so scared that I, I threw myself off. He said, when I was okay for a while, and then I would think of death and then I would get afraid again. And he said, whenever I became afraid, I realized I bounced that energy off of me. It wasn't flowing. I, the fear blocked the energy. It couldn't flow through me. Mm-hmm. And uh, So he said he finally came to the point that I want to just read this because I think it was kind of good how he said it. He said, as long as I kept my focus on that warm spot in my back, I felt good and I didn't fear anything that cleared my mind. And I started to experience the power that was in the flow. It wasn't the kind of power you can possess, but you can flow with it and create out of it. And then he said, suddenly I thought, oh, my God. I'm experiencing the force of pure creativity. And I was totally relaxed. I knew that the essence of the whole thing is forever. So there is no perishing of anything. I started to laugh like hell when I remembered uh, how Pishti had given me a sword to fight, uh, fight it when all that I had to do was flow with it and create out of it. So I, I just, that was such an experience for him of that fear pops us out of the flow here's oh here's we have a caller from california good evening anita good evening i'm enjoying your conversation and i don't know if you addressed this already i joined maybe about 30 minutes ago wanted i would appreciate your comment on what you uh, one or two things of based on your experience what each of us in some sense are called to do on this journey here, considering that experiencing the earth plane is a gift and what we can do to be better connected with our, our, our soul family. Wow. That is a big question. (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, I, I have my own views on that. I think, you know, this, I feel like our journey here is a journey of, like love and a self, you know, self-discovery and having all these experiences in the physical, because when we're not in the physical, it would be totally different. So I think that we are carrying, you know, with us this physical lesson of love and life. And, you know, that's kind of where I come from. I don't know if that's, you know, what you're asking, but that's what I'm, you know, what I feel. I don't know, Betty, do you have a, a sense of what you feel? Well, you know, I do think this, that we come for a reason. We come with a purpose. Uh, was it uh, Carolyn Miss, who's, is it Miss or Meese? Meese, yeah. Who says we have a contract, <laughs> we have a contract with ourselves on the other side. I think each one of us comes for a purpose. And we discover that in so many different ways. And I think in my own life, I I was just for a long, long time, I didn't know what my purpose was, but I sort of fell into teaching and I liked that. But I think there were deeper and deeper levels of purpose, but I they opened up at different times in my life. And I think that the most important thing, in my opinion, is to know that we are divine, immortal, and so powerfully creative and we are here to create and to as many native people say to create a sacred medicine that no one else can create only you and to give it oh, to the interesting world. that's beautiful yeah. betty i haven't fu- i haven't fully formulated 
right now through my experiences, I'm thinking that our purpose, or at least one of the purposes, is to learn how to love, be compassionate and kind to prepare us for our eternal journey, our eternal to understand eternal love even better. And whether we understand it in this realm or in the next one, I think you had mentioned that we can continue to move to higher, um, that, that even on the other side, they're busy, that they are continuing to grow and learn. It's just oh, yes. different because we're getting the gift of a physical body at this time right. versus the consciousness or soul in the other. But anyway, right. thank you. I'll just listen to the rest of the program. Wait, just before you go, though, I think what you really yeah. put your finger on is is love, is that that right. is the most powerful energy in the universe. We are born out of that frequency. And I think now with all of the problems we have on the earth, nothing can be solved unless we go beyond our divisions and 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 love and know that we're yes, all here. With- yeah. Yeah, I think looking through the eyes of love and the lens and truly believing, I know that I'm the same way. I jump to conclusions sometimes instead of being curious. And that's one of the things I've learned in the last year. Be curious enough to ask the question, what is your intention? Many times it's not an intention to harm, but it's just because we are so clouded by our own perceptions, we don't realize the other lens that somebody else is looking through. Right, right. Well, and, you know, love is this vibration and, you know, it shines through in a thousand different ways. It comes through, you know, powerful. It connects through all different, you know, avenues in that that is a huge lesson. And if we are connecting with each other through love and these lessons and finding self-discovery, you know, along the way, you know, we're learning. And that's I always feel like, you know, we're kind of here to learn. And that's, you know, and I hate to say it that way because, you know, you'd like to just kind of hang out. And enjoy, but there's just so many lessons <laughs> here that, that <laughs> we're kind of we're kind we kind of have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we can relax and enjoy things along the way, but yes, we, we need that right. rest and relaxation. But yes, to continue to learn, that's beautifully said. Thank you. Yes, and I think I think the earth needs joy. It needs us to have fun and and yes. really have joy in the world. And what love also allows us to uh, experience is that when we when we have love and someone is being a jerk, it allows us to understand where that's coming from. I mean, it is a, mm-hmm. a deeper intuition into other people's under, uh, motives and intentions. It just helps us to know what we wouldn't know otherwise, I think. But I think we do have to, Thank you. Do have, to have joy in this life. <laughs> it, right. The earth longs for it. Well, thank you for taking my call, and I'll listen to the rest of the program online. Thank sure. you so thank much. You, thank you for Anita. calling, Anita. Yeah, thanks for calling. I think it's great. I love hearing when, you know, people call in and, you know, they have a question or a comment because, it you know, it shows another avenue, another angle. And I think that's great. Um, it's how much time do we have? Ten minutes? Five, really. Before oh, five, we... because, yeah. Well, is there anything, Janet, Kim, we need to say in this next five minutes? Well, I like um, what Anita was saying because when she's talking about just realizing that sometimes we're, we're coming from our own perhaps limited perspective when we're evaluating yeah, something. I've been there. And I think <laughs> just kind of the more we grow, the more we can see there's a little margin for error in our judgments sometimes and to, and to kind of um, step back and just give something a chance to reveal that maybe you weren't right when you kind of made that, you know, so knee jerk response because something yeah. didn't feel good or, that's so true. You can just think, what a jerk, or why would that person do that? Yeah. Or simply <laughs> not care for someone. And yet, when you, as you say, Kim, have the opportunity right. to step back, you see the heart of that person. It right. makes a, your perception totally change. Right. Or like someone told me decades ago, and um, very wise words is, you know, he's fighting a hundred battles a day you know nothing about it's like we don't really know that's good how much it's good how much sometimes what looks like isn't someone isn't doing too well is really if we only knew the circumstances we could view it from a, a kinder perspective and 
And even something I remember you had told me that Ishpan had said to you, Betty, it was like the optimist creates his world and step into it. And oh, we can apply that, that to, yeah. to our interactions and coming from a place of love when, when we just remember that mm -hmm. we can help create the space that we know people want to step into when we That's, see their, their yearnings and their best selves. That and their, is so good that our, right. loves, our love. Yeah, I, I really like that from Ishpan is that the optimist creates his world his and world. then steps into and it. And then steps into <laughs> it. To talk about the power of the word and the mind, yeah. the thought and the heart. And and then other people can step into it with us. Exactly. Right. We and there's no limitations, you know? Right. Your, right. your spiritual bond ex extends through death. You know, there's no limitations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, we must remember that. Yeah. Or like you had said one time in some talk or something, and I loved it, it's like the doubt absorbs the light. It's like oh, I had keep... that experience. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I had that experience uh, after Pishti died, after my son died. And I was experiencing things while I was in the vision. I knew that it was absolutely true. I knew that. But then when I was out of the vision, my rational mind that had been trained by the Western world would start doubting it. But in the vision, I saw that doubt absorbs the light. I mean, we do have to doubt. That can be healthy. But to keep on doubting like I did, it was actually absorbing the light. And I realized I did not want that to happen. Right. That's good. Yes. Yes. And well, that was beautiful. Yes. Yes. Would you like to say the prayer, Janet? Sure. Sure. I'll end with the Mahayama prayer. May all beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected be fulfilled, awakened, liberated, and free. May there be peace in this world and throughout the entire universe. And may we all together complete the spiritual journey. That's it. And Good night, everyone. And so be it. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us.